Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord, everybody. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord today? What if we could stand in the presence of God? Amen. I wonder if we could clap our hands unto the Lord right now and welcome his presence here. Why don't you just thank him for being here today? That you're in your right mind, you're breathing here today, worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. What if we can invite his presence? Just lift your hands and begin to seek the Lord where you're at. Don't worry about your neighbor. Lord God, we come before you here today. That God, we pray that your presence would fill this building, oh God. I pray that you would begin to work on people's hearts here today. That there would be conversions here today in this altar, oh God. That a broken person could come and find you here today. We believe, God, that you can do the impossible with any situation and any need that has come to the house today. God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, God, for your Holy Ghost. We thank you, God, for the gift of repentance, Lord Jesus. I pray that you move in a mighty way. We have not come for casual church, oh God, but we've come for a move of your spirit here today. If you believe that, once you clap your hands one more time unto God. Come on, let's put our hands together this morning. Every praise, everything we do unto the Lord this morning. We know this. We sing it as a family. Every praise, every praise, every praise is to our God. Every word, every word of worship in one accord. Every praise.
every eye closed, every hand in the air, if we can do that this morning in worship. Let's forget about ourselves, about our neighbor. Let's focus on Jesus. Come on, God has wanted to release miracles this morning. unto the Lord and give him praise this morning. Come on, give God some glory this morning. Come on, give God some glory. Yeah. Amen and praise the Lord, everybody. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. And if you know that old song, he bathed my heart in love. He wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Let's stand. Help me sing it. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn it. You will know a little fire is burning. Oh, find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Sing it with me. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our truth. He will hear our faintest cry. Turn around to somebody, wave at them. Welcome somebody to the house of God today. Would you do that? Aren't we glad to be in the presence of God? Amen. Point to somebody and tell them, Jesus is coming. Ready or not, Jesus is coming. How many want to be ready when he comes? He's coming soon. He's coming soon. Amen. In the book 
Gospel of Luke chapter 9. Again, let me reiterate tonight this prayer meeting. That doesn't mean it's a lesser service. It means we want to get a hold of God. Things happen when you call on the name of the Lord. Prayer changes things. And so tonight we will gather again to be a part of some of the most powerful prayer meetings that I've ever been a part of. You'll hear more in the future about our Sunday nights and where it'll go, but for now, we believe that prayer is what God has called us to do. I will preach about it today. We will continue it. There are miracles that are waiting on some prayers to be prayed. Thank you, Brother Tyler. And we are believing for God today to do amazing things. Would you put your Bibles down and clap your hands and thank God for the hope that we have in Him? Glory, glory, glory. Amen, amen, amen. We welcome you. We are so glad that you are here. I can't tell you how happy I am to be in the house of God. Do you feel that way today, to be in the presence of Almighty God with His people? In, in Luke chapter 9, verse 28, Lord, I thank you today for your word. Thank you today that you're still speaking to us. In a confused world, you are a certain God. We realize that you're not surprised. And we want to hear what you're saying to us in this hour. We want to know your heartbeat. We want to know, Lord, your grace. We want to follow your steps, God, in this day, in this hour. For you know my tomorrow before I ever woke up today. And I pray that God, clarity and direction will come to each family in this room tonight or today and what you are speaking for them and in their future. In Jesus' name we pray. In all the things that Jesus did, one of the things that I find is lies in Luke 9. He showed them what it's like to be alone with God. So in Luke 9, verse 28, and it came to pass about and eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James, which were his closest disciples, and went up into a mountain to pray. Everybody say pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. And his raiment's raiment was white and glistering. There are some in the room today, and maybe some watching by, by live stream today, that you say, I need some things altered in my life. I'm going to tell you, I believe today before you leave, God's going to allow the countenance to be altered. He's going to take your sorrow and turn it into joy. He's going to let your mourning turn into dancing. Oh, is there a witness in here today that says God can change the countenance? When you get alone with God, He'll change the countenance. And behold, there talked with Him two men, which were Moses and Elijah, both men that knew what it was like to be alone with God, who appeared in glory and spake of His decease, speaking of Calvary, which He should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with Him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake, they saw His glory and the two men that stood with him 
And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Everybody say that. It is good for us to be here. Sometimes it's a little bit of walk getting up to that mountain, but when you get to where God wants you to be, you're going to say, it is good. Somebody shout, it is good. Amen, it is good. When I see the glory, when I hear the voice of God, amen, it makes all the fasting worth it. It makes all the denying of the world worth it. When you get alone with God, you'll say, it is good to be here. And And it goes on to say that, and let us make three tabernacles and one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elijah not knowing what he said why thus spake there come a cloud and overshadowed them and they feared as they entered into the cloud there came a voice out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him when the voice was passed Jesus was found alone and they kept it close and told no man of those days any of those things which they had seen. I have learned that when you get alone with God, you're going to hear what others are not hearing. You're going to see what others are not seeing. And you're going to experience what others are not experiencing. And there's no reason for me to preach this message to you today unless God has intentions of taking some of you to the top of the mountain to see some things you've never seen, to hear some things you've never heard, and to experience His glory when others are satisfied with just religion. Is there anybody here today that's hungry for an alone place with God? Would you lift your hands and say, God, I want to be alone with you. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. Would everyone say, alone with God? I remember standing, actually sitting in a room when I was in engineering school and I went to a Bible study that they held on at the campus. And while I was there, one of the one of the leaders of the Bible study group began to ask some questions. And one of the things they said, they, they began to do this 12 disciples and talk about the, the role of the 12 disciples and who they were to Jesus. And, and the question was, if you were one of his disciples, which disciple would you be? And I thought immediately, I hope I'm not Judas Iscariot. And I get a witness from some other people in the building. Hope I'm not Judas. And then you talk about James and John and Peter. And I think most people would have hoped in that room they, they were at least make those top three because Jesus had 12 disciples and he was did most things with James, John, and Simon Peter. And, but his closest disciple was who? John the Beloved. For John the Beloved. They came around to me and That was my response. I hope I'm John because I have been alone with the Lord. You see, in Jesus' days when he walked through the earth, you'll find that Jesus spent most of his time with 12. Some other time with 70 others, as Luke 10 records. You also find that a multitude followed him 
occasionally. Today, I don't want to be an occasional miracle experiencer. I don't want to be just somebody that gathers every now and then with him. But Lord, let it be in Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place. I don't want the presence of God today to be a visitation. Can I get a witness? I don't want God's presence to be a place I can go to and vacation every now and then. No, but if I could today, I would like to dig a footer in his presence. I'd like to pour some concrete. I'd like to build a house there. I'd like to get a post office box there and dwell there and then not just be a visitation, but it become a habitation in the presence of God. How many of you in this room right now would say, I want God's presence not to be a Sunday event or Sunday and Wednesday event, but I want to dwell with him all the days of my life. Can you say amen? When you begin to look, look today and many people, there's, there's a concept of religious culture that says, well, I'm gonna go to somebody that knows God and get direction for my life. I, I am reminded of Ruth that she made a great statement. Brother Bell, we use it in weddings. And she, she looked at Naomi and she said, Entreat me not to leave thee. Where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Sometimes to get an experience with God is not knowing God, but knowing someone that knows God. How about the woman with the issue of blood? And bear with me just a minute as we... Just, just bear with me a minute. How about the woman that had the issue of blood that she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. She didn't feel worthy to touch him, but she felt that if she could just touch something that was touching him, she would be okay. I'm convinced that that's what happened. She was saying, I don't have to touch him. Just let me touch something that's near him and I'll be healed. I want you to know that God gave her a miracle on that type of faith. But I don't want to camp at that level of faith. I don't want to have the mindset, well, I just if I could just have Nehemiah to pray for me, then I'll be healed. No, I don't want to get the faith that says I have been invited into his presence to him. I can touch him. Thank God for his body. Thank God for the people of faith. But there's got to get a moment that you say, I appreciate my pastor. I appreciate our ministerial team. But I'm going to get into the throne of God. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to fall at his feet. I'm going to get alone with him. Somebody say, I want that faith. Faith that says I can get healed by touching something, touching him. But I want the understanding that he never intended for me just to have a faith based upon somebody else's experience. Somebody else that's as close to him. He wants me to get into his presence. And as I heard somebody say today, it's not just an option, it's his expectation. He didn't go to the cross so you could just go to a church building and feel the presence of God. He went to the cross so you could come into his presence. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find what? Grace to help in the time of need. In that same portion of scripture, the Bible says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Everybody say, we have a high priest who can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That's what that verse means. It means I can touch him. 
Shout that with me. I can touch God. If I can touch God, then that means I can hear God and I can see things in his presence that no one else can see. Maybe the common church. Hey, I've come to challenge you to be more than a church goer. I've come to challenge you to be more than a person that only has an experience with God on a Sunday or revival service or a camp meeting. I want you to understand that God can visit you at your workplace. He can even on the way down to work. How many know you get put in a hospital and the doctors have done all they can do? with you and give you a miracle because he said I will never leave you and I will never forsake you but I will end of the world everybody shout with him and we've got to get this mindset I appreciate your faith be seated there's an element of people that believe as long as you believe in the existence of God you're saved You can have faith that George Washington was our first president because it's in our history books. But that's not the faith I'm preaching about today. Is that what our Bible says that Jesus, Jesus existed. That I can have his scripture fulfilled in my life. Hebrews says without faith, everybody shout without faith, it is impossible to please him. Believe that he is. Somebody shout, he is. It's a promise. Is now. See, some people believe he was, and others believe that he will be. But they can't accept the faith that he is. For the dimension of faith, you've got to believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek. I'm saying that what he did at Pentecost, he can do now. What he did in the 1960s and 70s, he can do now. He's a God that is. Abraham, or excuse me. He said, you tell them that the I am, that I am has sent you. You know what that means? He's my ever-present. Off tomorrow, what God wants to do right now. And that's what I'm preaching. He can heal you today. You don't have to wait till Monday. You don't have to wait till Tuesday. He can do it right now. Somebody shout right now. Amen. And so he takes his disciples up into a mountain. It's Jesus, the Son of God. He takes them up into this mountain, and when he does, and they fall into a prayer, you get a true rest. You can sleep and not rest. And still be weary. Rest. Burn his life. Go back if you can, if it's archived. Our Wednesday night service, not this past Wednesday, but the one about bearing you one another's burdens. Talking about being yoked with God. Hey, this is not about living for God. I'm preaching about walking with God. 
The reason people struggle in their faith because they're trying to do stuff for him instead of walk with him. The psalmist said it this way, the Lord is my shepherd. Somebody shout, my shepherd. I shall not want. Man, if there's one, I wish I could take somebody's faith that's not where it should be, load up and hit it out of this room today and tell you, you know what you need? Somebody looked up like that just now. I saw somebody. I could knock that type of faith out of here that said God can do it for you but he can't do it for me the psalmist said the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures leadeth me beside the still waters you know what type of faith that is God knows where I am God sees my situation and I will fear no evil why for thou art with me I'm not down here in the lowliest state. The Lord's somewhere on a throne that he's so far from me he can't see me because I'm so far from him. No, he walks with me and he talks with me. I can get through this situation because he's with me. I'm not by myself. I realize I'm preaching fervor here today, but you've got to be able to raise up in your life and say, devil, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper because to mess with me, you've got to mess with my God. To mess with me, you've got to mess with He's in front of me. He said he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And my cup runneth over. He said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He said, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Come here, Brother Tim. Come up here, Brother Tim. Come here, Brother David. Come and help me. In front of me. I can look at you and tell you like good food. I need a, come here. Come here, Brother Fred. Come and help me. Get you in there. You're tall. You're going to be the angel. Come here. Come here. Come here. Back, 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 back. He said, of my enemies, when the enemies come against me, God's right there. Quit doubting. Quit speaking unbelief. He's in the midst of the situation. Somebody say amen. He said, come over here. He said, thy rod, come here, Brother Fred, thy rod, they cover me on each side of me. My come here, Brother Tyler. Goodness and mercy. Because goodness and mercy always go together. That way, that way, if I, don't, don't let me fall. Oh, I get caught by goodness and his mercy. Think, I can't praise him because I failed this past week. You need to understand that when you fall, goodness and mercy catch you and you're not here. The reason I'm blessed is not because I'm perfect. The reason I'm blessed is because when I fall, 
He said, rejoice not against me, O mine enemies, for when I fall, I shall arise. You know why? Because he's the lifter of my head. He's the lifter of my, I wish somebody else would jump on your feet and clap your hands and say, goodness and mercy. Everywhere I go, I got a rod. I got a rod that I lean on. That's my protector. I got a table in front of me. It blesses me, amen. <laughs> Glory to God, I'm hungry. But watch this. A table in front of me. A rod and a stone. He anoints my head with oil. <laughs> He's over top of me. got to stay with me. <laughs> Everywhere I go, man. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, this is what I look like in the spirit. That's right. And there's an angel. Come here, come here, come here, Brother Davis. There's an angel. In camp around him, that fear him. You study him. He's got a sword drawn. And every walk all the way around me. Walk all around me. So I get up in the morning. Oh, the devil's after me. The devil's scared of you. He has to listen. Him. That's what it says. You have to realize what the devil has to get through to get. The Bible says that when he sees the blood that you're covered in, he's going to get beat with a rod and a staff. He's got to climb over a table. He cannot get through mercy. He cannot get through goodness. The devil's not my problem. My problem is my faith that God loves me and he'll forgive me. The Lord is with me. I am not by myself. Everywhere I He's on my front, he's on the back. He's over me and he's Christ in you. He runs because he cannot fight what belongs to the Lord. I wish somebody would jump and shout Jesus. I wish you own tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. You don't have time to pray a long prayer when the enemy shows up. You don't have time to call on the president. Time to do Jesus. And when I say Jesus, he always. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. My shepherd, my God, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. I feel revelation coming in this room. Lift your hands and say the Lord is with me. God, I know you're with me. I'm glad you're with my spouse. I'm glad you're with other people, but I'm glad you're my God. Oh, my Lord and my God. I'm glad you hear my prayer. I'm glad you learned about me for I can cast all my care on you for you careth for me. Somebody say he cares for me. I want you to look at three or four people and say the Lord cares for me. 
Come on, somebody shout it like you mean it. He cares for me. Come on, shout it like you mean it. Come on, shout it like you mean it. He cares for me. Working a funeral home. Some of you might have heard it. Just act like you haven't heard it. I was stirred. Somebody had taken their life. A young man had taken their life. I'm so moved by the event of the day. Preach a, a, a young man's funeral. You know what I'm talking about? You can tell I've been stirred, haven't you? Because I feel boldness come up on me like I've As I was riding to the graveside, and I looked at that funeral director, and I said, do you believe in God? Usually have just good conversation with them. They tell me funny stories sometimes about funerals and things that happen, you know, off the cuff. And sometimes we just have a good time. Sometimes we're weeping, we're crying, and different times. I've been in a hearse many times riding. But I, I looked at them that day. I said, do you believe in God? Well, you know, I, 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 believe, I, believe, I believe there's a God. But I, you know, I think he's out there somewhere. But I don't think he cares about my little situations. I said, is that right? I said, well, that you feel that's too small for him to see in your life. He said, well, well, we've been trying to have a baby, but my wife can't get pregnant. I laid hands. Lord, I pray that you'll give him a child that he'll believe and know that you hear his prayer. It was, it was maybe a couple years later, uh, uh, maybe a little more, that we had a funeral here from the same funeral home. And I walked up to a guy because I was interested. I didn't remember, remember the guy's name, still don't, still don't. And I was standing in the foyer and I was talking to the funeral director. And I looked at the man and I said, I, you know, I have, uh, uh, I got a story to tell you. And I shared with him what I told you. I said, it was somebody. I said, yeah, he's my son-in-law. And he said, we now have a year and a half old baby. Grandbaby. Grandbaby girl. What I'm telling you, you're small for him. I'm telling you, he's my shepherd. He's my God. And in him will I trust. Somebody say amen. Be seated. I got to move on. With God. One of those was named Moses. From everybody else. Somebody shout amen. Oh, I feel like preaching, Brother Nehemiah. And, and God called him up from the crowd. He called him up from the poisoned, poisoned Israel. Poisoned by the Egyptian culture after 430 years. Always having these issues. Can God prepare a table for us in the wilderness? Can God, can God, can God. And... Uh, God has to pull Moses away from that. I'm talking about these people that just in less than two months after he parted the Red Sea had already built a golden image calf and said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. Isn't it natural to assume and have unbelief in our life? You ever been there? I've been there. back on old ways they built this image God had, to, God had to pull him out of that takes him up into the mountain away 
voice instead of their voice. And you have to understand to be alone with God means to be a separate. Alone with God. There's a word called holy. The word holy. Holiness, and I recommend it. Holiness does not mean just separated from. It means separated unto. That's why on the priest hat, it would say holiness unto the Lord. I want to get you close to him. And you've got to start trying to figure out, what is it in my life that's keeping me from God? Because man's sins do what? Separate, Isaiah said, man's sins separate. I never intended talking with him and talking with him, have a relationship with him. He wants you to have direction. He wants you to have a future. He wants your purpose to be fulfilled. And somebody say, man. So God called Moses up into the mountain and when he's up in the mountain, the Bible says that the Lord in the cleft of the rock, he revealed to Moses his hinder part. He showed him the past. He showed him the, he showed him the beginning of days. How do you think you got, how many believe in the creation? I don't believe in evolution. A lobster's lips. That's what they told me when I was in school. They found the missing link. It was from the lips of. I could have told you that on day one. How did it happen? How do we know creation? Because Moses wrote what happened before a man existed. Did he not? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth before one man was alive, created. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. Then he said, let there be light, and there was light. How do we know that? Because a man... But he would have never written those words if he had been in the crowd that was doubting. He writes what happens from the past till now, seeing the hinder parts. Could I remind you of Daniel? Got alone with God, three weeks without food, humbled himself before the Lord, and he sought the face of Heaven wasn't hearing him, but he kept on praying. Everybody say, keep on praying. You got to pray when you feel like heaven is brass. You got to, come on, you reward them that diligently seek him. God's not your windy drive-thru business. He's not Taco Bells and Arby's. He's not your microwave dinner. That you put your prayer in the, in the, in the you put your prayer in the, two minutes and, 50 seconds, because it said for three minutes, but you didn't want to wait for three minutes. And when it's within, within 10 seconds, I lost all of you, but you know it's the truth. And have you ever pulled something out of the microwave before the... I get a witness from somebody right now listen to me preach. You're getting your coffee. I'm guilty because I did it this morning. 
And it's three seconds, but I didn't want to wait on three seconds. But that's how we are with our prayers. We pray and we expect it today, right now. And if he doesn't, in our time frame, we think he hasn't heard us. But our problem isn't our prayers. The problem is we're praying, not being alone with God. There's a, what I'm teaching you about alone with God is to be separated for a period of time. I get up and talk about turn off media for a period of time. Quit listening to CNN and Fox News and MS, MSNBC and CBS and whatever other channels and social media. Just pull away for a period of time and listen to what he's saying. You can't hear God's voice in a bunch of news, in a bunch of noise, excuse me, or news. Don't listen to the narrative that's not true. There's an agenda behind media. And the Lord spoke to me. And this is what he told me. Instantly listen to them. You're going to believe their news and not my word. And we want God to answer our prayers when we're not even praying right. We don't even know what we're praying for. We're praying amiss. We want our will instead of his will. We want our way instead of his way. We want to pray our thoughts instead of his thoughts. Where's that little cup at? Did you bring me a little cup? For me, Brother Tyler. Oh, my land. That's our problem. We're pulling our prayers out of the trash can. I love you, brother child. You just help me. You just help me. But that's our problem. We're praying. We're praying from a poison thought process. We're praying from a Hollywood mindset. We're praying from a carnal mind, which is enmity with God, asking for things that are not His will. I've had people to tell me some of the most ignorant prayers over the years, praying for God to bless them while they're in sin. Oh, I, I, you know, Pastor, I just want God to bless this, and well, you're in sin. He can't do that. You're disobeying God. And they are. I know, excuse the analogy, but here it is. Pastor, that's what I want. God hates that. It's destroying you. And we come to God with little small prayers. Carnal prayers. I can't tell if you listen or you turn me off. Are you with me? Carnal prayers. I call them me prayers, I prayers, what I want prayers. You ever notice if you gave the kids everything they want, they'd ruin their life? And it's that way sometimes in the church. If, I, if God did everything we wanted, that, that it, it would, it, we would fall out of our purpose. Man, the three-letter word sin, hold up three fingers and say sin. Sin means to miss the mark of your destiny. And each one of you have a divine purpose. But if you let sin in, it'll cause you to go away from his will and his plan for your life. What happens though is from culture. Come on, we're living in the last days. It's not time to choose culture over Christ. It's time to withdraw. Hey, hey, how can I hear the voice of God if I'm my constant diet is immorality? 
adultery, it's fornication, it's drunkenness, it's hating God, it's movies that's using the name of the Lord in vain. And I want to go to church and in five minutes change my world. And you're not even praying right. You've got, you're praying from a carnal mindset. But I do believe today that there's some people that say, I'm going to get alone with him and I'm going to pray some big prayers. I'm going to pray some things that only God can do. That's bigger than my way, bigger than my plan, bigger than my prayer. I'm telling you, your prayers are going to become bigger. Somebody shout amen. You may be seated. And what happens is Moses got alone with God and God revealed to him how things had happened till now. Daniel gets alone with God and Daniel starts praying prayers and he starts seeing God in a magnificent way. I'm talking about faith will go through the roof if you'll pray from an alone place with him. Everybody say alone. Let me stop here for a minute. Alone. With God. You believe you can get along with God? But you can't get along with God in a crowd with a lot of noise. Everybody say amen. That's why the Bible says some things, Christina, only come through prayer and fasting. Another word, another verse is there is that the Bible says that if my people, which are called by my name, shall what? Pray. And seek my face and turn from there. You think God's going to hear you from heaven if you're living in a wicked way? Can he trust your prayers if your mindset is of the world? Everybody say a carnal mind is the enmity with God. That means your mind in the trash can. <laughs> How many's ever been there? I know. Can I get a witness from some normal people here? Too much social media, too much entertainment, too much whatever, too many hobbies, not alone with God. You know what happens to your spirit? But what happens when you take a period of time and shove yourself back and say, I want to seek God for a while. I remove from the pleasures from my life for a while. You can't do that all year, but for a season. Everybody say a season. You begin to seek him. All of a sudden, you start praying big prayers. You know what God starts doing? He starts revealing future. We can't have direction without being alone with God. Everybody say, God's going to give me direction. So you go to the Isle of Patmos and John, the revelator, John the Beloved, as I was talking about earlier. You know what he did? He was separated, being perfect. Patmos thought he would go crazy, but he said, watch this. I was in the day. He said, and God showed me, boy, I feel a little scatteredness here right now. Everybody paying attention? Hey, Brother Nehemiah, when he got alone on the Isle of Patmos and said, I'm going through a great trial, but I've learned that no matter what I'm going through, God's with me, so I'm just going to go ahead and start seeking him. Alone with God. Maybe you have felt rejected by people. That means you can be alone with God. See, sometimes when God is going to teach you his voice, he separates people from you. Now watch. I'm going to teach you. Everybody say loneliness. And a call to prayer are the same emotion. I want you to say it again. Loneliness and a call to prayer are the same emotion. What do you do when you get lonely? You call somebody. You go into town. You turn on a, turn on a TV, turn on a movie. You get on social media. 
And what happens is, is when God's trying to call you close to him, you feel lonely because a call to prayer feels like loneliness. When I was 16 and God called me to the ministry, you know what he did? He put all my friends back. David, I felt alone. I watched my friends drive past my house. Never called me. They would stop by my house anytime they would go. But during this period of time when God called me to the ministry, God pulled everything away from me. Why? Because I could have never heard his voice without getting alone with him. Isn't it amazing when somebody gets called to God to come to the house of God, they're a new convert, that just before they come to the next service, a family member or a friend stops by their house? Well, I was going to come to church today, but I had somebody stop by, and you know, I, I don't want to tell them no, but you know what I say? Tell them to come with you. But don't let anything hinder you from coming to where God wants you to be. There's a call of God in this room. How many believe that? Stay with me. And what happens is, when you get alone with God, which is not, I'm not talking about just for five minutes or ten minutes. I'm not talking about that little bitty prayer over there. Uh, your, your microwaved, you know, got out of the microwave before three seconds was up. Prayer. I'm not talking about the one we got out of the trash can, out of the world. With You haven't been alone with God, haven't been reading your Bible, haven't been going to church prayer. I'm talking about a prayer where you've been seeking the Lord. You separated yourself from society and culture and the news. You quit reading books for a period of time. You got alone with God and started praying, oh God, Lord, what is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to change? And you started repenting and saying, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry the way I've been thinking. I'm sorry for, for, for leaning toward culture. And all of a sudden, you find yourself separated from things in your life and separated from desires in your life. Why? Because I'm hungry for what God's will is for my life. Don't force, don't force the issue if God pulls people back from your life. It's an opportunity to hear his voice. I was angry when I was 16 because my friends didn't stop by. My friends didn't call. And later I realized God was trying to speak to me and to teach me his voice. Everybody say you can't hear his voice with a bunch of noise. Turn the noise off. Get alone with God. And watch what happens. Daniel starts praying. Come to the music. Come to the music. Just play softly. Daniel starts praying. And God begins to open to him and show him him. And he said, Daniel, this is my future. And this is what he said. I heard the prayer. Your prayers were heard on the first day. He said, but there was a battle with the prince of Persia. Do you know the devil does not want you to receive what God has for you? Do you know another verse says that, the, that God takes the prayers and he puts them in a vial? Wouldn't that be amazing that God looks down every time he turns around there's a new bucket of prayer that you brought to him that says God I want your will to be done in my life I don't want my family to go to hell I know they're a long ways away they've been backslid for a long time but God I bring you a whole bucket of faith that says Lord you're going to make a way you're not going to let them be lost come on I'm talking about God prayers I'm not talking about man be paying be prayers. I'm talking about God prayers. Lord, I believe that they're out of the church, but prophecy never dies, and you're getting ready to do something marvelous in their life. Is there anybody here? I'm telling you before it's over with. What you're going to find is you're going to show up with the Lord in a prayer and say, I've got some things on my mind. I believe we're going to see a revival so big. I believe you're going to do a work so great. I believe miracle signs and wonders, the blinded eyes. God, you're going to make a way where there seemeth to be no way. God, I've come to you today with faith. 
seems like it's over, but God, you're going to do what no man can. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands. God, you're going to do what no man can do. I'm believing. Somebody say amen. I come to preach to you. Some of you, the chapters have closed, but the book's not over. Somebody shout greater things are yet to come. Utterance coming upon me right now. Oh, he's waiting on you to get alone and build an altar. He's going to do greater things. Cancers are going to disappear just when they walk into the I've been alone with God. People are going to walk in with diabetes. They're going to come in infected with AIDS. But when they leave, AIDS is going to go. Come on, I'm telling you, it's going to leave them because God is a healer of all diseases. He's a healer of all things. I just believe he's able. Brother Fred, God's going to answer prayers you've been praying. Brother Ethan, God knows all things. Somebody shout, he's a big God. I don't want to show up with a carnal prayer when God has some prayers for me to pray. He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour my spirit up on all flesh. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Old men are going to dream dreams. Young men are going to see visions. So here we are. Let's take a, let's take a look back as I close in Luke 9. James, John, and Peter. Let me show you something. Come here, Parker. Come here, Jackson. Come up here, Pastor. Faith as a child. These are my friends. Pastor's buddy? Huh? What? Yeah. I, I thought so. I'm going to show you some things. You believe God's real big? You do? You believe God can do anything? Oh, Jackson's his best friend, by the way. Yeah. God can do anything. And he said, disciples, let me do something with you. Come here, run up here with me. Come here. He said, I just want to show you what happens when you get alone with God. They come up there and you got James, John, and Simon Peter. And uh, turn and face this way. I want everybody to see, see you guys. I'm going to show you something. James, John, and Peter. What the enemy said. Jezebel said she was going to kill Elijah. But I'm got to show you, he's in a heavenly place. She never did kill him like she said she's going to kill him. Quit listening to the devil. Listen to God. I said the devil's not going to kill you. The devil's not going to take you out. The devil's Come here, come here, Elijah. And they sit back, sit on those steps right there. Sit, sit right here on those steps, all three of you. Parker, sit down on the steps right there and look up this way, will you? My, 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 my. Come here, Ethan. No, you're not old enough to be Moses. Okay. Come here, brother Melik. <laughs> in trouble I'll take and get you a meal here later Come. 
And it appeared that he looked over the promised land to not receive it. Walked to his own grave. Nobody ever found his body. Whatever happened, is talking to Elijah. <laughs> and he's talking to Moses. Because what the enemy thought had ended. Some of you right now, James, John, and Simon Peter, they looked up and they said, hey, it's good that we were here. Let's go ahead and build a temple here. Let's go ahead and build. And, and the cloud descends and a voice begins to speak. They've seen things. They've heard things. Brother Cade, you're going to see things and you're going to hear things along with God. And watch what happens, Brother Geo. You know what I'm preaching about because he's been dealing with What happens is, is Jesus looks at, he looks at the three boys and he said, we got to go off of the mountain because people down there need to hear what we've seen and what we've heard eventually. What they've got to understand. And I realize the Bible said they didn't tell anybody that. But what you've got to understand, they walked out. They walked out. If Moses is still alive and Elijah never failed. You know what? I think we can overcome the world. I think somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. I think God is going to save my family. Come on, I'm telling you. We can turn the world upside down. Don't listen to the enemy that says you failed and it's over. You know what I think? Simon, come here, Simon Peter. Simon Peter later denied the Lord. I'm almost done. Yeah, and come on, you might as well all stick together. Simon Peter denied the Lord. And he has given up. Feel like he failed God. And Peter that I've risen. And I wonder if he looked at because Moses had made a mistake. Are you with me? Hey, Simon Peter, are you with me? All right. He looks over his shoulder and says, Moses smote the rock twice, but I just saw Moses not too long ago. Yeah, Elijah ran from Jezebel, but I just saw Elijah not too long ago. What was a moment in their life was not the final destination of them. Preach, boy. These boys have it. But when I've come to tell you, if you would get the faith of Parker, you know what he said? My failure is not final. What God did for Moses, what God did for Elijah, I can get up on the day of Pentecost and preach. I might have denied the Lord, but I've got a ministry. I might have done some things wrong, but there's a purpose in my life. Lift your hands in this room. I declare unto you the glory of God. If you'll get along with him, He's going to restore your calling, restore your ministry, restore you. There's some big prayers you're about to pray. Alone with him. We'll reveal what he's done. We'll reveal what he's doing. And we'll reveal what he's going to do. He just needs you to go up to a mountain with him. Separate yourself from everybody else everything else. I'm not saying don't come to church but I'm saying turn some turn some news feeds off. Can, any, can somebody give me a witness right now? You believe what I'm telling you is true and you're going to hear the voice of God. Greater things are yet to come. Lift your hands. The Lord is speaking.
want my children to be family to be lost. you did for Moses failure is not final there's a purpose for my life in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah the Bible the song says a miracle can happen a miracle can happen in this place He's going to give you a miracle. If you need a miracle, I want you to come to this altar. I don't care if it's some level of bondage. I don't care if it's this altar. Walk up here with a big faith that said, Today I need a miracle. Somebody needs a breakthrough. Somebody needs deliverance. Somebody in a situation. this. Come on. You need direction. You need clarity. I would come up here. I need direction. I need clarity. I need healing. Hallelujah. The Lord's calling us you come up and say I want your will for my today I need to hear his voice God hallelujah would you lift your hands all over the building and help us pray oh God Moses got alone Daniel got alone John the beloved got alone Jesus taught his disciples to get into the mountain and get alone in the glory. Today, we need you, God. There's people that need a second chance. Revelation to heal the past and revelation to empower the future. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come here, Brother Gio. believe God can heal. If you need a healing in this room, raise your hands. You need a miracle, a healing in your room, in your body. I feel like depression is going to fall today. I feel like cancer can be healed right now. I just feel like he's able to answer some big prayers. Anybody feel what I'm saying? How many believe God can come in here and push out bereavement, push out sickness, push out bondage I want us all in this room I want us to repent I want you to say God I'm sorry God I'm sorry I'm sorry for the sins I've committed come on everybody in the room I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made I'm sorry sorry for the doubt that I've embraced sorry for the fear that I've allowed in my home and in my mind. Today, I'm getting alone with you. And today, God, I'm gonna let your will be done in my life. I'm going on a journey to seek your face for my family. Face for your will in my life. 
with a geo in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray right now. We take authority over, over every sickness in the name of Jesus. And I speak the word of faith and I command that sickness to leave your body in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command it to leave now. I command those depression thoughts to leave now. I command anxiety and worry to leave your mind now. It no longer has you bound. It no longer has you depressed or worried in the name of Jesus Christ. I bind the devil in the name of Jesus. I bind those thoughts that are not of God, that you can't be saved, you can't be delivered, you can't be a woman or man of God. I command those to leave in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you equip your people with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, oh God, to protect the mind, oh Jesus, to protect the heart, oh God. I command it to leave in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that your Holy Ghost would flow through this altar right now, that people would be delivered, that saints of God that lived in bondage too long, that today they would be changed, changed forever. We pray that the Holy Ghost would burn all chaff out of us. We pray that the Holy Ghost would burn all insecurity and doubt out of our bodies and out of our spiritual God. We need a baptism of Holy Ghost here today. A miracle, a miracle can happen. A miracle can happen. A miracle can happen. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.